0: Beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious and the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles. I'm excited to say that today is our Mother's Day episode. But before you reach to turn it off, because maybe you're not a mama, please think again. I have a feeling that this episode is going to actually be really meaningful and memorable to you. But I do want to say right out of the gate, Happy Mother's Day early to my sweet mama. I wouldn't be sitting here recording this podcast if not for you, yes, literally, but also because of what you imparted to me my entire life, Mom. You are such a beautiful picture of strength and dignity. You are noble, you are fair, you are kind, you are meek, But when the time is right and fitting, you are a force to be reckoned with and how you love your own. And I'm so grateful to Jesus that I'm one of your own. Thank you for leading me to Jesus, literally, when I first opened my heart to Him. But also just thank you for daily, in the middle of the mundane, leading my heart to the Lord with your words, yes, but with your very life. I love you, Susan Hill, and I'm proud to call you my mama. Happy Mother's Day. My guest today is a friend and a mama that I have mentioned many times on this podcast actually as someone who has taught me a lot about what it looks like to truly walk hand in hand with the Lord and to posture my heart and surrender to Him in a real and authentic way in the day to day. Lauren Tomlin. She's our guest today. Lauren married my friend Chris Tomlin, and she and I have been friends since day one, since they began dating, and remained friends, actually, when they broke up for a season. And that's when, behind the scenes, I became a little bit like Jiminy Cricket on Chris's shoulder quietly and kindly suggesting, like his little conscience, that she was still the one for him. (laughs) Thankfully, he felt the same way, and it's been one of my favorite God stories to watch as their family has unfolded before our eyes over the past several years. You're going to get to hear all about it as Lauren is very real and transparent about her life and about her marriage, which I just think is so refreshing you're absolutely going to love her. But before we get started with the interview, I want to tell you about something very exciting. It's kind of a little surprise, actually, that we've been keeping in our back pocket for Mother's Day. But on Friday, May 11th, we are releasing Be Held, Lullabies for the Beloved as an instrumental album. Now, this album, I have to say, is not the exact same album just minus me singing. I actually want to brag on my husband, Nathan, here a little bit. He has worked so hard on this for the last several months. He's taken the songs and has been very intentional to add some instrumentation that is so beautiful and fitting, and we're so excited about it. We had our friend Gabe Scott come play hand dulcimer and slide guitar. We had our friend Matt Butler come play cello, and our friend Ross Holmes play fiddle. And then Nathan's magic is all over the album. Album with additional piano and lush strings, and some of the instruments being actually his voice creating magic behind the scenes. It's just. Gorgeous! I've wanted him to do an instrumental album for a really long time, kind of selfishly, because that's actually what I like to listen to when I'm just reading my Bible or working on a writing piece. I actually like music without words if I'm needing to concentrate on something because I'm probably a little bit ADD. But this is just what I was wanting, and I couldn't be more proud of it. And I'm so excited to share it with all of you. So be watching for it on Friday, May 11th, and for release week only. We're going to be running a special on iTunes where you can buy the new instrumental album for only $7.99, and we will also have the original Be Held Lullabies for the Beloved with all the singing for just 7 dollars as well, so you can snag both albums for only $15 in that first week of the instrumental being on sale. You can pre-order an actual CD on my website, christinockles.com, that's N-O-C-K-E-L-S, and we will honor that sale price. If you order within the first week of the release, you could actually get a physical copy of both records for just $15, and we will ship it directly to you. And we will have those physical copies a few weeks after May 11th. If you are a patron of the podcast, you've actually gotten this podcast the first week of May, so you've had a happy Mother's Day a little bit early, plus a link to hear the instrumental album before the rest of the world, so enjoy that little surprise that came your way. Remember, if you'd like to become a patron, it's so easy. Just go to patreon.com slash Christy Knuckles, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Dot com slash Christy Knuckles. And for just six dollars a month, you can get the podcast early each time, as well as journal prompts, which is kind of a little mini study around each episode. And of course, this summer, as I've been saying, when our regular season of the podcast takes a break, which we just have one more episode in this season, patrons will actually get content throughout the summer. We had some fun the other day with our patrons, and we took a poll. I will say it was very insightful to see what all of you chose and to read your comments. So thank you for jumping right Right in on that poll, I kind of basically asked them what they wanted to hear about. So based on what you chose and a stirring that I kind of already had, I'm going to be doing a mini series called Summer in the Psalms, what it looks like to live a life of worship in the middle of the mundane. And I'm also going to throw some fun stuff at you around homemaking and decorating and even summer gatherings. So I'm so looking forward to that. I so hope you will consider joining us. So let's get to this interview you with Lauren Tomlin When I thought about doing a Mother's Day episode, I immediately thought of Lauren because I have gotten to watch her since day one as she was pretty much thrown into motherhood quite unexpectedly. But as you're going to hear, God has worked so beautifully in her life using marriage and motherhood to ultimately bring her to a place of trusting God like she never had before. I've also seen her gracefully be one of the most attentive and loving moms. She just stands out to me in this area. But as I said before, you don't need to be a mama for this to mean a great deal to you. In fact, I think it will encourage you greatly, even if you're a single woman. And honestly, especially if you're a single woman, as we get to go back to, again, how God ultimately wants our heart. Though we often think that that next step in life is going to fill that void, but He ever reminds us that only He can. It's always his embrace. He's always our true north. Enjoy this interview with Lauren. Well, welcome to Grand Central Station, which is my kitchen.
1: <laughs> I mean, it doesn't feel like Grand Central Station. It's like what I call the tree house. Have you ever had anybody describe this, what your house is like? I think, I don't think I have. You're, you're the one that calls it the tree house. It's literally in the trees. And the wind's blowing through as I drove up the driveway. I was just like, this is perfect. Oh! And then you walk into the house, and there's all these little nooks and crannies. <laughs> it's like you could cozy up anywhere with a book. Oh! I know. I just love it. Well, that's a really huge compliment, if you could cozy up with a book. Um
0: That would be my dream for my house. So um, I am so excited that you're here. And I've actually wanted to have you on this podcast for a really long time, but I knew that the right moment would come and that, um, you know, just at the right time that the Lord would use you to speak in. Now, I have mentioned you um, several times on this podcast. You probably don't even know that, but... Oh, I've listened. I've heard it. Yes. So it's, it's... you know, a lot of people listening, you're going to kind of remember back on things that I've, you know, said that Lauren has just been such a, you've been such a sweet friend to me from day one. And mm-hmm. I remember um, you walking in um, the first time Chris brought you in, and we can talk about that a little bit later. But just, um, I liked you from the moment I first met you, and I'm really thankful for you and Um, Just to so appreciate your voice, and I'll never forget the time that you know. I think we were in the car, and you and Chris were in the front, and I was in the back seat. And I don't even know if you remember this. I remember it. We were down at his cabin, yes, right. And we had been maybe writing for passion, like songwriting. And you turned around to me, and I don't remember the exact words, but it was something to the effect of um, owning my voice, Mm -hmm. and.
1: I remember looking at you like, what? Like this is a chance for you to own your voice. Yes. Like your God given voice.
0: Yes. And I you know, it took me a second and you're like, I'm not talking about your singing voice. Mm-hmm. And so that was maybe the first time that I'd ever really thought of it that way, of of learning to first of all to live to to really use your voice and own it, you have to really live from your heart. And so, you know, just really learning. I had to start learning. Yeah. To do that, and it was like you were one of those people who you've you've cheered me on from um, the minute I met you um but also we've cheered each other on I think through a lot of transition and things motherhood. in the last yes motherhood that yeah, we're celebrating you today me on there. so um, I'm so thankful for um, your voice in my life and how God has used you. Um, so I just want people to get to know you a little bit. I love the fact that, um, you, you don't have
1: like a best, best selling book. You're not, (laughs) not at all far. I'm like, the more I read my texts, the more it's like fragments and I'm forgetting commas and like how to write. So yes, we are far from that. Like in this texting world, it's like everything's degenerating. Oh man. I just love that it's your life that
0: speaks today lauren and oh, yeah. so and just the way that you've allowed jesus to um live through you and i even love that you just prayed and you were like this isn't you know today's not about something that um we would be asking someone else you know someone else to do it's not mm. another thing um, to put on our plates you know to live from our heart it's it's us becoming you know who who we are who we are who god's made us to be so i would love to know a little bit more about who you are before we're a mama and before we're a wife, we're a daughter. And I would just love for you to go back and just just tell us a little bit about who you are.
1: Well, I was a pastor's kid, so I grew up very much a part of that culture, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, of going to church. And um, never really felt pressure from my parents in that realm, per se, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely grew up just kind of a hard-charger, perfectionist, mm-hmm. um, if there was a goal or an achievement, I was going to go after it. Mm. And that's pretty much how I lived my life. I mean, it was just the next goal, the next goal. There really wasn't any other way to be. Mm. And so it was interesting because then when I got my dream job, I worked for Chick-fil-A in their marketing department. I know that's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Yes, I did wear the cow suit in July. (laughs) It was 102 degrees, and I had an ice pack on my head Uh, during rush hour traffic. It was crazy. But... Um, So I get this dream job, right? And it's everything I ever wanted. And yet, I'm probably in my early 20s at that mm-hmm. point. And at that point, I realized, like, I'm really not happy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I was single at that point. Mm-hmm. And that was a desire of my heart that hadn't been met. And, you know, it was in an era when all of my friends got married right in college. I know that's changed now. Mm-hmm. But at the time... You know, I was kind of the last woman standing, so to speak. So Mm. I'm in this corporate job, and all of a sudden, there just became this angst, this restlessness, Mm. and I realized this way that I had been living really wasn't bringing life. Mm. And so, when you come to that place where you put all your eggs in one basket or you put all your chips on the table, and it's not enough, that's an interesting place to be. Mm. And so. When I came to that point, it was interesting. It intersected with me going on a retreat that my parents have. Mm. And a lot of my story is that in the course of being this pastor's kid, my parents had come to a place in their marriage where uh, the tips and techniques, the, hey, here's the scripture verse, now go do it, Mm. wasn't working in their marriage. Mm. And so there came a cross-section mm. where really my mom owned her voice and just said, hey, this temper isn't flying mm. and you need to change or some things are really mm. going to change in my life. And so mm. that was a huge hiccup yeah. as, a, as a girl at 16 or 18. Mm. But in the course of that, what happened was it set my father in a trajectory for real restoration, mm. for like real healing, not just a head understanding of how to manage your temper, But okay, let's go back, let's look at the wounds, let's look at what happened in my story that set this foundation in place. Right. So it's interesting because he started a ministry. He left being a pastor, he started a retreat based on this whole concept of coming alive to who you're made to be. Mm. So I go just to like support the fam. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And little did I know. Uh It was crazy because little did I know that I walked into the bigger invitation of what God was really after, and oh, it was God. my heart, mm-hmm. and it was Him wooing, um, wooing me to Him through life not going the way I had hoped. Mm-hmm. It was almost like I was being thwarted in love, yeah. so that He could finally draw me back to Him and say, "Okay, now mm-hmm. I want to show you who I really am. I'm not like your earthly father. You know mm-hmm. the anger or the you know the lack of safety you felt around your dad." Let me show you who I really am and in the process I want to heal you and show you who you really are. Mm. And so see all that striving and that achievement and that goal way of relating was was really the fruit of my wounds. It yeah. was not my true self. And so then it became the journey of walking with him, hearing from him, mm-hmm. like actually receiving those impressions to then hear from him, okay, who am I really? Mm. God like yeah. what are what is it i really long for in my life really is it really that next goal or is it is it something else altogether and so he started to reawakening me to living true to who he made me to be mm. and of course i mean it didn't happen overnight it yeah. was one of those things that it's a journey i mean yeah. you know that mm. we're still we still talk about the journey and how he continues to take us deeper mm. but it started a whole new paradigm shift Of how I saw him and how I saw myself.
0: Hmm. I love how you said that he almost thwarted you in love. Oh yeah, talk a little bit about that. You know what that maybe looks like for. um, I have even just recently read some you know emails that have come through from people who listen, and and it is that it's just like this thing of like I feel like I've reached this point where I I do all the things right right and. You know, but I'm experiencing this, or like God, you could take this, but you—it feels like you're deliberately choosing not to, whether it's like a physical healing or whether it's, you know, just something that you're waiting on, or maybe not being able to have a child, or whatever it is. Um, talk a little bit about what that's like um, to sit in that place, and I know that I've um, shared before that you've talked about agreements, and somehow mm-hmm. we can um, make agreements sometimes when we maybe are experiencing that. Pain and that hurt and that being thwarted in right. life, and we're trying to figure out what he's after. Ultimately, we know he's you know we get to this place where we know he's after our heart, but maybe you know right at the beginning it can feel a bit um, dicey and scary, and even we can make oh, groups with the enemy. Even it's awful, unlike lies we're
1: believing. So I know that was a, a loaded
0: question. Yeah, but no, <laughs> it's
1: anytime. There's that thwarting, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's probably the thing we would never want to have happen. Right. We would never have written for ourselves. Right. Ever. Mm-hmm. We would never have chosen it. Mm-hmm. And so then when it happens, we find ourselves there and it's it's like earth shattering. Mm-hmm. Like you almost can't believe like this I can't believe this is my story. Mm-hmm. Like I literally can't believe this is my story. But what happens that's the greatest gift in the thwarting mm-hmm. is it exposes our false beliefs about God. Good because in the pain, what it exposes is oh, God just doesn't care about me, Mm. or um, he all he cares about is everybody else, or I'm not worthy of his love, or I mean, he's abandoned me. Mm. You know, all those core convictions bubble up in the pain, and Mm. if we allow them to be a gift. What is happening is it actually is taking us probably to a deeper place mm. as it relates in our story that he's really after healing. Yeah. So there's a deeper conviction and a knowing that is literally healed. I mean, I'm not talking like we still have the limp. It's like there is a real restoration where mm. there's a knowing at a deeper level. Mm. Oh my goodness. Like I am now transformed in how I see my life.
0: Mm
1: see God and see myself because of what he's revealed I mean you know that even in your story mm, you yes. know yeah with you owning your voice yeah absolutely it's a it's a beautiful
0: process and I've watched the Lord um, you know just teach me so many things through in even in that the crux of, of just waiting and and learning to listen. And I know like the retreats that I've gotten to go on with your parents, they talk about um, how learning to hear him in those moments where it's all painful and yucky, it's a a process and you actually have to kind of learn how to, to hear him, you have to—it doesn't happen—that doesn't happen overnight either. And sometimes no. it's like, I'm not hearing anything.
1: And, I'm and what you're here. actually hearing is the condemnation mm-hmm. or those lies, right. those core convictions. And mm-hmm. you you hit on that earlier when you said agreements. Mm-hmm. Agreements, you know, is the, is the easiest way to phrase it because it's agreeing with the enemy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a contract. You know, like when you buy, buy a house, you right. sign your name and you say— mm-hmm. I'm going to make this true. I'm going to pay this much. Mm-hmm. Same thing when I believe in a lie, like mm-hmm. I'm worthless. I make an agreement with the enemy, and I give him claim to my life. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a filter in which I see everything Right in my world. Mm-hmm. So in my marriage, it seeps in mm. in friendships, in... Being a mother, but what it robs us the most is, if I'm really honest, we put that on God. So Mm. I'm worthless to God, right? And so the thwarting Mm. is often God's way of saying, "Oh no, I really want to show you how worthy you are." But it just the only way He can do it is through pain. He's not gonna when when I'm sitting by the pool with a Dr Pepper, (laughs) like that is (laughs) the Dr Pepper, right? I am a Dr Pepper addict. Let's let's just be honest. Oh, it's that's so good, Lauren. But um, it comes through that time. It does. That's the only way where you yeah. will get to the other side.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And it's just, again, like I talk a lot about just um, that his truths have to—they they work in any economy and, you know, from any plane and any place in the world of, um, you know, him just pushing through our story. And it can't be about, like— you know, we're living this way or living that way. It's just I love that it comes down to being a kid of his, like being a son or a daughter, and and him really um, coming after our heart. And some and everyone can relate to pain, and that's that's you know pretty much in everyone's economy. No matter you know if you have the Chick Fil A job that your dream job or whatever, or if you've got the baby and the marriage and whatever it is that you're waiting on. I just love that how he. You know, just what he's really after, it, it can be broken down to such just this level of like mm. we're his kids, you know, right. and he's after our heart. And and I think the process of me, like you said, owning my boys, that's been just the most beautiful part of the process. I think just being able to whittle it down and, you know, push everything away of like, you know, I'm a podcast person or I'm a person on the stage, or, you know, leading worship, writing songs, whatever it is. It's like all that stuff um can be sort of um, pushed aside, and I can say, "Okay, Lord, I'm your daughter. I want to hear from you today. I want to clear the things away from my mind that I might be believing, or from my heart, and um, just really receive from the Lord." And I've you've you've been a great example of that to me. I do want to talk a little bit about um, since I mentioned like people on a stage, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> How there is someone on a stage. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> um, how you? Yeah,
1: you didn't have any idea what you were getting. In no, land, did you? <laughs> you know what? That is that is the thing my dad always says to me. That's what he says all the time. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So yes. I didn't. No. So you married Chris Tomlin later in life. <laughs> later in life. Later in life. Side note for both of us. How old? Tell us how old you were when he. You... Let's see. So I was thirty, and he was thirty-eight. Yeah. So he was very much established in who he was <laughs> and I was in my own way. And, you know, it's funny, but we laugh. But, it's if, you know, it's very we're very much that pride and prejudice. I call him Mr. Darcy. He's yes. that aloof, mm-hmm. quiet, simple man. Mm-hmm. But there's so much to that man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm, you know, the fiery, you know, Kira and I. I can't remember what the character's name is. Now I'm blanking. But, you know, because you're like, yes. what is her name?
0: I'm blank too. I know oh, you trouble. are the pro.
1: Pride and Prejudice. Anyways, so that is me, kind of is that Lizzie. Did Lizzie, they- yes, yes, yes. And so it's a it's a great story of a collision of the two. You know that's what the whole movie's about, right? In Pride and Prejudice, how they both need each other. Yes, very much so. But mm-hmm. there is that pride and prejudice with one another. So that's yeah. kind of the foreshadowing of. <laughs> Our first two years of marriage. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you, you tried to travel around
0: a little bit with him, didn't you, at first? Like, oh, yeah, we
1: tried. <laughs> it was one month, and then we got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. He had a bus reserved. Yeah. That was his dream. And we said, whatever we, we do, we we will not get pregnant. <laughs> we will not. And we were adamant, okay? So I get pregnant a month in. And mind you, we really didn't know each other that well. I mean, we weren't that oh, yeah. story like you and Nathan where you dated years upon years. Like mm. It was a quick story. Mm. It was blissful, and it was like a race to the altar. And so I, I was pregnant, which was so exciting. But then mm. we had no idea mm. the road that came from that, how it accelerated yeah. our growth our growing, our challenge, we really weren't in that, okay, let's go play and, like, tour the countryside. Sure. It was like, okay, we are we really have to mean business now. Like, who are you? Who am I? How is this going to work? You know, how are we going to have a family? How are we going to do all this touring? Mm. I mean, this is like a month in. It wasn't like, (laughs) do we want to get a dog? Or should we, like, repair the fence? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh,
0: yeah. Y'all have uh, told me before that you've done like a Facebook Live or you've you know called in. You've, you've been on a radio show and had even people calling in and stuff. Tell me a little bit about like, I know we were all four laughing one time when <laughs> you said the phone was like ringing off the hook oh, yeah. with callers. Oh, Tell yeah. me a little bit about like some stuff that you guys were being transparent about because that is such a right. huge thing, right, to kind of... Dispel this thing, like you're saying, that we're not going out on our bus to tour the countryside with our Labradoodle.
1: Yeah, we're- no. <laughs> yeah, no, I wish.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so
1: it was hilarious because, you know, Chris and I end up on this radio show and it was like the perfect DJ who mm-hmm. had been their own places. So they had the yeah. ability to, to ask these engaging questions. Mm-hmm. And so it was this beautiful moment for Chris and I to just really be transparent mm-hmm. about, um, how challenging Mm. those first two to three years were. Mm -hmm. No one told us, like you said. I mean, in terms of everyone has their story, but you kind of think, oh, well, that's them. Well, Mm. we're we're, we're not going to be like that, or we won't have challenges. Like, you Mm -hmm. just are in this bliss, right? Right. And so we found ourselves very much, here I am pregnant, I'm completely sick, I have to move out of our bedroom because... All smells, including my husband, <laughs> literally are killing me. So I have to move out. So you know that kills all dreams of everything you've ever hoped for as a newlywed, right? <laughs> move into the guest bedroom, and he's touring, and it is like fast and furious in terms of mm. all of a sudden there's all these different stressors that are starting to come in. Hit you know my family of origin, his family of origin, where we both came from was so different. Yeah. And from where we came from, it really shaped our style of relating. Hmm. So it was, I kid you not, a holy war. And, it, and all marriages are a holy war, let's be honest, because yeah. there's nothing more that the enemy hates than marriage because it is a picture of the church. Yeah. I mean, he hates marriage. And so if that's very much a place that is opposed. But, you know, again, when you're walking through it, it is overwhelming because— mm-hmm you have all these desires for what you thought your life would look like or how things would be and what you long for and yet you're sitting in the reality of this chasm of well here I am and here he is and not only is it the family of origin and where we've come from is our brokenness mm. meaning the wounds the these places that we're living out of and then there's sin right so you have all this interplaying and so i would literally call home crying mm. to my dad and thank God they they worked through it redemptively, and there was restoration. Because he would always quote to me something that John Eldridge said: "It's marriage is God's divine conspiracy for mm. your transformation. Mm. Marriage is div- God's divine conspiracy for your transformation." And he kept affirming me in that. I watched their legacy of kind of where they went after it. Like yeah. I'm talking honest. I'm not talking we band aid and we plug the holes. Right. And we patch and repair. I'm talking where you really excavate, and mm-hmm. we did. I mean, it It was messy, and things have to get worse before they get better. Yeah. So we, you know, had friends that were great people to look to, my parents, and we had a counselor. Yeah. We found ourselves in a counseling office every week, and Chris absolutely hated it. <laughs> He—I mean, you know him. <laughs> it was like—literally, he was checking his watch— the counselor's like, I know I have till 45 after and I've lost him. <laughs> yeah. So like by 45 after, he was gone. But what happened on the other side was um, a beautiful thing in that there's a blend. Like I became something I never would have been apart from Chris. Mm-hmm. And he's become something um, with me that mm-hmm. he never would have been. And it's only come in us being honest and really going there. And Ugh. what it takes is a deep conviction as a woman mm. believing that God is capable to do the work. Mm. Because, see, if we go into control mode and fix-it mode and we try to fix it up in 24 hours, right? It, you know this. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you were an encouragement to me. I mean, it, you, I think you probably saw from afar, like, whoa, you had way more of an idea of the layers of what's involved in marriage, mm, you know, and yeah. what I was walking into. yeah. And so back to this radio show, it was so funny because, you know, Chris goes around all the time and he, you know, shares his songs on the radio and he's like, I've never had more callers. Like the phone <laughs> was like blowing up. <laughs> and he's like, I need to bring you out with me more often. Seriously? But what it is, is it's just real life. That's you right. know, it's, and it's, it's a real picture of what God is capable of beyond capable, how if we really are willing to wait Mm. and walk with them. I'm not talking like I go off on my way and just try to hammer out every problem, Mm -hmm. you know, and come on, Chris, let's deal with this and let's deal with this because that was my approach Mm. when we first got married is I went to control Mm. out of my wounds in my childhood and wanted to change him. And God said, shut your mouth Mm. and let me work with you. And so he started taking me to my pride, to my wounds, and you know it was crazy when I got out of the way. Guess who started changing too, mm-hmm. Chris? Yeah. And it was a stunning thing. And you want to talk about being thwarted? It was in my marriage I was thwarted. Mm-hmm. I had so many longings and hope. You know, as I said, I was single and not married. There mm-hmm. was so much I had hoped for, and then what I found myself in um was a real deep loneliness and and it was there that God said yeah. and I knew it he said you wanted him to fill that place mm. and he said and you're going to know me in that place and so God in his love came for me so he was my bridegroom mm. in that place that C- Chris couldn't be in those moments right. and still isn't i mean we're we're human but, in that real tough place, God came for me, and so I had a counselor, my, my counselor, um, we had a marriage counselor, I had my counselor, and he had time too, and, and she just said, "You're gonna walk in a room and you're going to know at the end of the day Chris might be holding your hand, but it's ultimately God's the one by your side Wow. And that's something that doesn't, like I said, come when I'm sitting by the pool. I mean that comes through <laughs> <laughs> that comes through you know those challenging seasons. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just so thankful yeah. for that time. And um, it's amazing because when I was flying out, you you know, we got married in Hawaii. You were mm-hmm. at the wedding. You sang in the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget I was on the plane, and I'll never forget God saying, Chris is the greatest gift I will ever give you. And I'll never forget that because I held on to that. Mm. Because honestly, we laugh now. I mean, we can laugh now. We were not laughing in that season. Right. But we we really, very much, probably, I think, secretly, like, oh my goodness, how how's this ever going to be a vibrant marriage? How's this ever going to thrive? Mm. Um, but God did a work, mm. you know, and He still is. That's the awesome thing. Yeah. There's there's just layers upon layers of intimacy mm. that comes if you're willing to take Him up. On being the change maker, Hmm. so
0: beautiful. Thank you for being so
1: real. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I don't really know any other way. (laughs) And that's what I love about you. Um,
0: So, talk a little bit about you know you got pregnant a month in, (laughs) right? A month in, and you're you're going through all of this. Like this, it's incredible. It's such an incredible story, and. You know, so let's kind of start threading motherhood through a little bit. I do want to, before we do that though, just talk about um, I get to see you in everyday life pretty much. Um, And, you know, do you, are you able to, after you've walked through something like that with your spouse, are you able to get to what does it look like in the everyday after that? You know, get to this place of sort of operating in freedom. You still have to have those moments where you stop and go, okay, what's going on here? And you assess, you kind of reorient like you, but there is this place, you know, or is I'm guess I'm asking you, what does it look like after you've walked through something like that when you've really done the hard work? Because mm-hmm. most people are scared to do that because right. they think they're they're scared for it to get worse before it gets better, and because then they're like, well, what if we lose this whole thing? Right. But I see that you what you've gained, like in trusting God through that, is like, you know, what is life like now when you're able to, you know, kind of do hard work on a daily level? It doesn't have to look like excavation but no. like
1: <laughs> i think i think the big kicker in in maintaining a vibrant life mm-hmm. in general you know or in marriage mm-hmm. is staying alive to desire yeah. so there's still that element where you can get into status quo mode i mean that's life in general right mm-hmm. i mean how easy we get busy and mm-hmm. you're just running 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 but the, right. i think the real key in maintaining mm-hmm. life abundant life. Right. John 10:10. 10, 10. It it comes to you owning what is it you want? Like really want. I'm not talking the new car mm-hmm. or I'm running to Nordstrom's, you know, right. to get a new shirt in the moment, it feels great. I'm not talking about that. What is it you really long for? Right. And when you have that as your compass, then you see things for the long haul. Yeah.
0: Does that make sense? Yes.
1: Yeah, that it just it. kind of stays with you, and you you know some things won't happen in a day, but you know you're alive, and there's still that longing.
0: Mm. Yes. So Ashlyn came along. What year was she born?
1: I guess that was— Oh, gosh. She's like seven now. I can't even— I can't believe that. I know. She's grown up—or six. Right. Yeah. Right. 2011. Yeah. So she came. It was baptism by fire <laughs> in every way imaginable. <laughs> I'll never forget you were in my kitchen. And I was like, I mean, the scheduling thing, you know, the (laughs) scheduling thing is the one thing that, you know, it's like, what do I do with this? How do I figure this out? You're like, at three months. And this is where I love how mothers are just like a network, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they just come around each other. They offer. It's like God knows exactly what you need. I didn't have time to read all the books. I was literally doing thank you notes for my wedding (laughs) feverishly. Days leading up to the delivery. Oh, yeah. Didn't read a book. I mean, it was just it was hilarious because I was sick most of the pregnancy. I I didn't say that dying on the vine in the separate guest room. Yes, right. Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh,
1: so fun. Um, What did I tell you about scheduling? Did I say you you said it was the best thing you said? (laughs) Oh, it was the best thing. You're like at three months, just wait. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Yes. You know, goal achiever person over here. It was like, don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself. At three months, they start to become like a human. Yeah. Like they start come. to fall in their rhythm. And I kid you not, at three months, it was like, it happened.
0: It's weird, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So I didn't have to yeah. read the book. It was like you came by to visit and like get your baby snuggles because you're the baby whisperer. And like right away, I got my, you know, answer. I'll never forget that. And I pass that on to everybody.
0: Oh, uh, it's so good. And I learned it from my friend Alicia. So, it, see,
1: it, yeah, mothers are a network. That's right. It's like, <laughs> it's like God gives oh, you what man. you need.
0: Yeah, I'll never forget that. It just like, it gave me some, it gave me permission to yeah. just rock rock the baby a little bit and sing and just don't worry about it if they're, you know, still feeling like they're just attached to your body because oh, that's right. how they feel in the first moments months. But, um, yeah well And then Maddie came along So you have two girls Two little girls And you guys Oh my goodness They are the perfect mix Of I mean just Even just like Personality Yeah personality But also how they look I mean they were the perfect mix Of the two of you It's so fun
1: Oh we have so They're much fun They're like little fun. Well, listen, babies hilarious too Because <laughs> you know Chris grew in a, up in a house Of all boys Yeah And so literally It's like princess dresses <laughs> Like he, you know Daddy's your prince It's oh, like yeah. This is true love You're living true love <laughs> I mean, everything is literally like this ethereal world of just it's 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 unbelievable, oh. and he knew nothing of that oh. in a House of all boys I mean, so God has a sense of humor,
0: <laughs> I mean, just the amount of and he doesn't speak that much, I mean even like if we're if we've been on on tour, like I've toured with him a ton and like most you know, of you've the time, your time with
1: Chris. I, it's
0: for sure. I'm like,
1: you probably know some things about him more than I even know in seven years of marriage. Let's be honest. Oh my goodness. Does Bus he, life does that. It does. Does he, he, is, he
0: still, does he like eat cereal without milk? Is that him? He, yeah, he used to he do used that. He used to more, do that. But
1: then he's had to watch the carbs. You yeah. know, after 40, it just. <laughs> He used to like use a spoon. Oh, yeah. And eat
0: cereal with no milk.
1: Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. All those boys. You like knew all their idiosyncrasies. I did.
0: All of them had them too. It was so funny. Um, But yeah, I just think about just the word quota for the day, like just the difference. And even Nathan's that way around our house because our son, I mean, Noah is a talker. So, like, just the amount of words that, like, you know, we're used to speaking. I can't imagine now that he's. (laughs)
1: Right, and a house oh, no. full of women that he's having to just like,
0: yes, you look beautiful. Oh,
1: he, oh, he, but he loves it. It's so been sweet. so fun to watch him just revel in them. Yeah, it's just the sweetest thing. It's so precious it is.
0: What's the thing you guys were were like the most not prepared for as parents? Like, what maybe has kind of surprised you the most? I guess on the journey.
1: I mean, I think. Gosh, I think the biggest thing is what a sacrifice it is, but what the the life is like tenfold. It's like in the process of the sacrifice, you hit the jackpot. Yeah, you know, it's like initially your whole schedule's thrown off. You're carrying so much gear. You know, you're you can't move as fast. Yeah. But guess what? You're now in a field looking at ladybugs and worms, and mm. you, it's almost like you're reliving the wonder and the awe of mm. living. Yeah. You know, we think life's the schedules and moving quick, but it's actually there. It's in the sacrifice of shifting things that then the life comes back to you tenfold. Mm. You know, it's the sacrifice of some of my passions that I've had to put on the back burner, but then I invest in Ashlands, and it's like, mm. Ballet. I never in a million years was into ballet like she is. And all of a sudden, I'm at the Netcracker Ballet, and it's just incredible. Mm. Like these athletes on stage, I would have yeah. never been exposed to that mm. if I hadn't sacrificed. Yeah. You know, so it's this life that comes. Mm. You know, so it's such a juxtaposition, you know? Yeah. How you think at first, oh, this is, my life's changing. But mm. then in the end, like I said, it's the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What are some places maybe that it's refined you? Like, if you could—I know you'll be real and honest anyway, but like— Oh, yeah. Um, has there been, like, a place that God really came after your heart as just being a mom? Like, what's that look like?
1: Yeah. I think the biggest hands-down refinement is um, I can't do it all, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that means saying no. That means swimming up against dream. Up against dream. Yeah. Expectations from others— Um, expectations from ourself, um, you know, even just how you have to navigate your own inner self-talk. Like, you get on Instagram, and you see moms at 10 a.m., and they're decked out, and their toddler's decked out, and immediately, what what comes your way is that lie. Like, look at you. You just don't have it together, Mm. you know? And in reality, you are— you, if you're present and you're in your PJs at 10 o'clock, actually, you, all, you do have it together. right? You're doing the thing that's most important. That's right. Um, but what it requires is in getting that place to be, to be present, to engage, to be on the floor, to not care about the laundry spilling over, the dirty mm-hmm. dishes, or the fact that you have no makeup on, you're still in your PJs at 10. Mm-hmm. It takes you having to let go of like, I can't do it all, and that's okay. Mm. And that, that's that been a real struggle. I mean, probably because of the achiever thing, mm. as I painted, yeah. you know, painted earlier. But um, it's just been so good, and I did not see that coming. Yeah. And how God continues to simplify and simplify and take things off the plate yeah. just to where it's like the brass tacks. And it's so counterintuitive uh, right. to our culture. Yeah. Yeah, that is
0: so good, Lauren. I mean, especially the culture that— we're living in right now, it is so hard to be a mom and it's hard. It's so hard. It's it's like the pace and like you talked about before and Frantic. Frantic. Just keeping up. Yeah. And with even, schedules. Yes. I know you walked into my kitchen earlier and I was telling you that we I didn't really want to say this out loud, but
1: <laughs> we're You've joined the mess. <laughs> we're
0: attempting whole 30. And but the thing I've been struck with all morning is literally I've been in the kitchen At the since house. 7.30, Right. And I've been chopping vegetables, and like it, that takes forever. Forever.
1: <laughs> nothing is worse than chopping. It's just nothing.
0: Like, <laughs> we, we, we get so used to the pace, though, don't we? In the instant everything yes. and just being able to like go, go, go. And it's been actually a gift to just think through and pray through this morning, just being in my kitchen and my kids Slowing have known right where to find me. Right. So, talk a little bit more about that. Just what. I love how you said, you know, just that that floor time and being present and how that's that's the jackpot and that is a jackpot. That is like
1: choosing It doesn't the right feel thing. like it because yes. of the climate we're in. That's right? right. That's right. It doesn't the lie is, oh, you're not getting enough done, you're not serving enough, you're not mm-hmm. offering enough. This is a waste. Mm-hmm. You're playing with a train right now. Right. Actually, it's where it's where all all sense of purpose meaning and value for that for your child comes from mm. is that one-to-one presence. Yeah. And something that I read that really inspired me is that there is only one thing that a that a mother bestows and it's a sense of being. Mm. And a sense of being that sounds so simple. It's like sense of being, it's actually everything because in a mother being engaged, devoted offering affection, playing on the floor, playing, you know, yeah, yeah. putting things down and giving that focused attention. Mm. It it communicates to that child like you are worth value mm-hmm. just in you being. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. So by me just being here and being present, mm. you are everything to me. And yeah. in that what the fruit in that child's life is, is they then grow to be a person at rest. Mm. So if you see people who are often striving, yeah. which that was a part of my life uh, for, for sure, a lot of times that breakdown is in that there wasn't a sense of being that was fully developed. So it's mm. like I must strive to be loved. I must offer to be loved, not just I am loved at my core. Yeah. So one of the best books that I've read, it's like an oldie but a goodie, like 1980s. Mm-hmm. How does, it, how does that play out? Yeah. It's three things. And it's so simple. But again, in our handheld world and schedules and pace and the climate we live in, the culture, mm. it's hard and it's opposed. Mm-hmm. The enemy's opposing it. Yeah. It's really ultimately intimacy. But yeah. here's how it breaks down. It's eye contact, focused attention, and physical touch. Mm. Those three things, that's yeah. it. And I'm, I'm not kidding you. When I give that focused attention to my girls and I look them in the eye, they mm. they respond to me completely differently mm. than if I'm just talking to them, yelling at them up the stairs. You know, I have my hand held in my hand. Right. But what I love about this book is it's how to really love your child. It I read it every year mm. because I need that reminder of how I drift yeah. back into that frantic pace mm. and I forget. That I, I am shaping a soul for eternity. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a legacy I am leaving to this child. That's right. So although you might get on Instagram and it might feel like you're you know, you're behind, you're not doing enough, whatever. Or you might get around other people and all they're they're doing. Yeah. And you can feel like, well, I mean, I'm not doing anything. Oh no, you're doing the most important thing. Right. I mean, you are investing your life in another soul mm-hmm. that is a shining star for the kingdom. Yeah. And that's legacies that generations will follow what you're investing right now, Mm -hmm. today. So I often just, you know, love reading that book and re reminding myself of the importance of the role that I play. Mm. I
0: love that. And I've always loved that, um, you know, you definitely, you of anyone, you know, have just, I think you and Chris, like you said, you could have sort of chosen a really different path and I love how you have always been so hands on as a mom and I know you've you've learned a lot inside of that. Oh, I've learned a lot. <laughs> and but I love that like you you could have nannies for days and live in nannies if you wanted and but you've and I know you've got people that help that, that help you all the, yes, all the time. Help. Um but I do love how hands on you are and you're just you've not been the mom that's just sort of passed off um, the mothering piece and I love that just every season you're so quick to listen and go okay Lord what, what's this season about and recently you told me a little bit about just sometimes it takes actually being sort of misunderstood and you know by people or, or like if you have to say no like you said or it's just a season where you're like you know what mm-hmm. I can't say no to this I can't I, I can't say yes to this I've got to say no to that Right. Um, tell me a little bit about just you know you again let's just take it back as we end just sort of like um really that that you know having that conversation with the lord of just yeah. how you're constantly you know going back to that what is it that i desire what is it that's yep. in this heart of mine and like and then like lord what is it that you have you know for this season like what is it i do have these desires i have these longings and just talk a little bit about kind of you know just recently i know you said oh, you yeah. tell me
1: about that but i mean i would say in terms of me coming alive to my true self as a mother, I mean, in general, he has been the only thing that's whispered in my ear, the direction and the choices I've made. Mm. Because there have been times where things got too busy, too frantic. You know, I'm doing this, that, and the other, and I didn't realize the cost that it was mm. taking, the toll it was taking. Yeah. And so this past year, for example, this past season, it was so interesting. We had this circumstance— We were remodeling a house. We weren't going to be living there. And so we thought, hey, this is a chance to get away as time as a family. And so I had this impression of like a laser beam. And I felt like God said, I'm going to give you laser-like focus. Mm -hmm. So guess what I thought it was? Hey, one more thing that Chris and I are going to do. There must be a vision. There must be something he's imparting. Do you know what he did? He stripped everything off the plate and really Mm challenged— Wait, why did you say yes to that? Like, what was your motive in that? Mm. And why, why, why are you doing this? Or what is this really about? And really started showing me in how things were slowing down where we were. It was just us. And all of a sudden, he just started calling me more mm. to, hey, I want you to be bored. I, <laughs> that's where the magic happens. I love the, that. Yeah, I want you to be bored by a creek. Like, resist the restlessness, Lauren. Like, Mm -hmm. take in these moments. Like, it's going to pass so fast. Mm -hmm. And so it's unbelievable because, again, I thought, oh, this is something for Chris and I. We're going to invest somewhere or help or do again. And Mm -hmm. what does he take me back to? Being. Mm -hmm. And so here, God, my Father, draws me, mothers me to Mm -hmm. my sense of being so that I can impart that to the my own girls. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the beautiful thing mm-hmm. is those quiet whispers. We talked at the beginning about living to your heart, desires. Mm-hmm. It's like those quiet whispers when when you're moved to tears, when you see that commercial on TV or you're at the kitchen sink or in the car and an impression comes to you, those quiet whispers, that's, that's how he's wooing you yeah. to the life you're made for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it requires, you know, us, really believing, okay, you are speaking to me.
0: Mm.
1: You you have something good for me in this, and I'm going to take you up on this and step out and risk. I might need to say no. Something might need to come off the plate. I might have to deal with my own stuff right. to be able to engage. Like whatever it is standing in the way, kind of embracing mm. that moment with him and going down that path of of seizing the life you you're made for.
0: Yeah,
1: I love it. Thank you so much for just sharing from your life
0: and being real. And um, I always say, you know, when people ask, like, what's 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 Chris's <laughs> wife like? You know, like who did he marry? There's a lot of things to say to that,
1: <laughs> but because you know all sides.
0: <laughs> but I always love just that. You know, I tell people, you know, she's the best steward of what of of what God's given Chris. You know, as as far as like his. Um, the influence and just, he's you know, his songs are known around the world. And then you just have helped, you, have, you steward that so well um, from your heart and your mm-hmm. life. Y- you know, what God's given him as far as like, I know, you know, just, I know from being a songwriter where songs go mm-hmm. and just, you know, how much they mean to people. And I just, mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me at all in how God has used Chris's songs in the church that god would um just cause there to be um you know just this process of purity to run really deep through mm. all of that and you're a huge part of that mm. and just like you said like um you know i i think he wouldn't be who he is and you wouldn't be who no. you are like unless the lord had
1: brought you together and it's just a and that new fabric like we yeah. became a new fabric together yeah. So sweet, and both both so so much more refined mm-hmm. um, in each other. Yeah, which is such a gift. Yeah. It's funny because that's where the where the real love. You know, it's funny. It's the bliss that gets us to the marriage. Yeah, and then the gold is in the trial. That's it's right. It's like because that's when you, the the love is beyond anything you could have within your heart. You mm-hmm. have to go to God for a greater love.
0: Yeah, for
1: there to then. It to trickle down into your life and into your marriage, and it's mm-hmm. like that's the, that's the real love.
0: Yeah, you know, so beautiful. Well, thank you, and just for the way that you've
1: been my friend and been a cheerleader. And well, I love your voice, and I love this expression. Mm-hmm. Um, it's neat just thinking of that time in the car mm-hmm. and where you were, and and the fruit you you took up God up. You want to talk about? going to those hard places and stepping out in risk. Like yeah. you you said, I'm up for it, God. I'll step out beyond anything I've ever known. I'll walk into the deepest depths of my heart, yeah. and you're on the other side. And and this, I mean, that's what I just love about this podcast is it is the fruit of God's work in your life because you mm-hmm. have an incredible voice, mm-hmm. an authentic voice, and, and you invite people to rest. And so um, it's fun for me to even be here because <laughs> I was reminded. It's mm-hmm. funny you taking me back of wow, this is full circle, the beauty of what happens when you choose to step out with Him. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you.
0: appreciate you, friend.
1: Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that
0: you've been reminded again of what God values, which is your heart in His hands. And I pray you'll be encouraged to take Him up on His invitation to step out with Him into, yes, what feels like mystery, but that you'll be assured that it's worth it all even the thwarting, because as Lauren said, pure gold comes through the trial. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mamas being refined into pure gold today as you're feeding, bathing, diapering, clothing, schooling, caring, reading, raising, disciplining, mentoring, and tirelessly imparting into and loving your own May you have the joy of remembering that Jesus is holding you together, even though you feel like you're the one holding it together. You're not. He is. He's holding you together, and you're a daughter that He sees, knows, and adores. That actually goes for all of you, too. But today, we rise up and bless the mamas. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. I'll talk to you soon.